NGO section 27 is going to be uh, representing the Kumape family. Now, you remember that uh, grade R learner Michael died on January 20th, 2014 after the pit toilet at Mashodumela Primary School near Sesheho collapsed. The family was seeking more than 2 million rand for special and constitutional damage, damages, uh, funeral costs and loss of income for Michael's mother, Rosina Kumape. She lost her job as a domestic worker soon after the ex- accident. And uh, Judge Gerrit Miller ruled in the Polokwane High Court on April the 23rd, 2018, that government violated people's rights, the pupils' rights to basic education uh, by not providing them with safe and decent sanitation, but dismissed the damages claim. And uh, I'm joined on the line by uh, Shanice Lindeboom, who is uh, an attorney at Section 27, representing the Komape family and taking this particular case uh, on appeal. Uh, Shanice, thank you very much for uh, joining us. I really appreciate your time. Good evening, Aubrey. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking up this case and not stopping uh, and getting to the point where you are going to uh, the uh, appeals court. Tell me what is the basis upon which you are going to be going to to the court? Uh, What are you praying for? So, as you've rightly said, um, Judge Muller from the Polokwane High Court dismissed the damages claim. And I think we had asked for two, there were two parts. The first part was general damages, which has, has been set out in our law for emotional trauma, shock and trauma. And this was for an amount of 940000 Unfortunately, this was dismissed. Um, but the reason being was that it was felt that we did not leave evidence to substantiate um, such an award. Um, our grounds for appealing this are basically to say that, um, in fact, it was common cause that the, the family did suffer emotional shock and trauma, and that all that was ne- needed to be determined in that court um, was the quantum of the damages that were going to be paid. Um, and then the second part, which you also mentioned, was an amount of two two million rand, um, and this related to grief. Uh, we what we were asking for um, initially was that the common law be developed um, to allow for damages for grief, which currently doesn't really exist. So we had asked that this, this the common law be developed in that regard. And um, in this instance, um, Judge Muller had said that it would lead to sort of opening the floodgates and and whatnot. Um, so what we're going to be putting forward to the SEA here is to say that obviously it would need to they would need to be proof of extraordinary grief. Um, and in this, this particular instance, the circumstances were just so extreme, and how the department had went about, um, especially after the news of Michael's death. Let, 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 let me that. let me stop you there just a little bit, Janice. You know, I'm not a very bright guy, so sometimes I need to really understand what I'm hearing. So you're saying to me the courts wanted you to prove that after the death of a five-year-old who had died as a result of a toilet that had broken uh, at a school as a result of the negligence of the Department of Education, the child dying the most undignified, the most gruesome form of death, that you as attorneys needed to prove that there was grief? Yeah, specifically because in our law, emotional emotional shock and trauma is something that has been um, set down and, you know, people can claim for that. But particularly for grief, there needs to be sort of an element of um, physical sort of harm or, or harm that this person has. So it's, you can't just, you know, get 
damages for being upset about something. And I think this is the thinking in that, you know, it's going to open the floodgates and anybody can bring any cause for any kind of grief that they have. Um, unfortunately, so we, so again, so, so let, let, let me let me stop you again. So, yeah. the decision not to award those damages wasn't based on the merits of this particular case, but rather the possibility that the floodgates would be opened, where people would be asking for a similar kind of uh, of um, uh, what's it, relief because yes. of alleged grief. Yes, particularly in respect of grief. Um, and we obviously disagree with this position. And then we, 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 what we're trying to put forward in our in our heads of arguments is to say that the common law could actually be developed based on the facts of these based on the facts of this case, and it warrants um, the courts to look into the development of the common law to say that actually in extreme circumstances there are grounds for the awarding of. Um, damages for um, severe cases of grief. You, you, um, you and I are speaking very hypothetically about in, 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 in generally about this kind of case. Let's, let's zoom into the Michael Komape case itself. Yes. Was there grief? Yes, there was definitely grief. The family has suffered. I mean, this has now been since 2014, as you said, and like you also mentioned, Mrs. Komape, she lost her job. All of the all of the family members they went through uh, evaluations through psychologists and and the experts that we could get hold of to assist and evaluate the family. And they 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 suffer and they continue to suffer. Um, and the fact that the case has taken so long, and and I think what we're looking forward to is just some semblance of closure for the family. With this now getting to the ACA, um, just to little to just to give them a little bit of closure that they could um, get for the trauma that they suffered from this incident. Again, I go back to the fact that it sounds as though the judge in this case, and again, I'm I'm no legal person. Uh, you you'll you'll help me out as far as the thinking of his judgment is concerned. Mm-hmm. Made a a generalized hypothetical judgment on the possibility that people will uh, come and the floodgates will be opened by people who come and ask for relief in the in the sense that we've been talking about but it it mm. almost sounds as though no real consideration was w- was given to the merits of the case at hand the Michael Komape case uh, it, it was it it's feels and sounds and again i i i, I plead um, emotion uh, or emotional about this case because I am a little bit emotional about it. It sounds as though this was nothing more than a pedestrian academic process that had no consideration for the direct circumstances of the Komape family and the fact that this child had died in this way that the the um, judgment that was handed down was nothing more than a an exercise in uh, theoretical law rather than the dealing with the Komape family realities? No, I understand, and I think quite a few people would take that position. I think it has been, um, it, um, I mean, it was, a sh- it was a shock to us as, as, as the legal team when we, when we got the judgment originally, especially for something, for example, when I mentioned the general damages which we had asked for, which they are precedents where it has, you know, family. Like, for example, if you see 
your child being hit by a vehicle yes. and you see and observe, observe that there's been cases where damages have been awarded in such instances. So it's set out in our law, those particular claims. And in that instance, there was there was a concession of liability. So all that needed to be determined, well, in our view, all that needed to be determined was the quantum. And we struggled to understand how we were still, there was still an issue that, you know, we, did, we failed to lead evidence of how the family had suffered such trauma. In respect of, like, the constitutional damages, which yes. we had asked for, which, granted, is for quite a substantial amount of money, um, you know, the judgment makes reference to words like... Um, of overcompensation and it's going to be punitive in nature and it's not going to serve the interests of society. And I think one of the things that we're also trying to put across is that the, the very point that you're saying is that in, in, in this judgment, we feel that it missed the opportunity not only to award damages to the family, which they are, we feel they are entitled to, but to, it, it can can do it can give damages to the family, but then also serve the interest of society because constitutional damages inherently um, would serve that purpose. Um, we feel so. That's also one of the things that we're going to be putting putting forward in our arguments for the SCA. What's wrong with the effect of that uh, judgment being punitive? Um. <laughs> so, 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 so they, they're saying it shouldn't be punitive. Well, hey, it should be punitive. <laughs> exactly, especially when in the judgment itself, it's it's said that there has been a failure on the depart on the part of the department to meet its constitutional obligations. So it's specifically stated in the judgment. Yet there is no real consequence that has come from the department's actions um, or failure to act in this particular instance. I completely agree. Shanice, we have a debate going on in this country, and I suppose in the whole world, really, that if you are poor, you are probably not going to get justice, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I listen to cases of people that have been given millions and millions of rands by the um, by the, uh, what do they call this thing where you have an accident, the road accident fund. Road accident fund, yeah. yeah for having broken a finger, you know, millions of rands, literally, right? Yeah. Uh, and a child dies under the circumstances that Michael Kumape dies. And then our courts deliver this kind of verdict. Now, I, I need to ask you as a legal person, because I'm not, to what extent do they explain the the serving of justice in this particular case? How, how do you explain, how do you even begin to say that justice was served in this particular case when a verdict of that nature that we saw in 2018, what, 44 years after the, uh, the fact, um, how, how does the court suggest that justice is served in this particular case in a country that is so desperately in need of confidence for our uh, judiciary, our uh, justice system? How does the court explain that? Uh, well, I mean, clearly we disagree and we don't think that the court has, there has been justice in this particular instance. And this is why we're moving up to the, 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 
make to hires, but if we need to, we'll go to the highest court. Um, I think this is why we feel that this family has not received the justice that, that they've got. There was an initial settlement, which was... And I think that the, the, the law is one of those things where it can be really great, but it can also sometimes kind of shoot you in the foot because yeah. I think how things work, you're working on what's been done before you, so you're working on precedent and you're also working on quantification and how things have been done. And unfortunately, you know, so the damages that have been paid out was, you know, things that, because there was a small settlement that was reached just before things got to trial. Um, and this was for tangible stuff, so for loss of earnings, which they can calculate based on, you know, um, Mrs. Komape's, um, you know, the evidence yes. that she had given in that yes. regard. And it relates to funeral costs. So it's tangible things that you can touch. Unfortunately, when it comes to measuring or determining what the value of a young black child is, I think that's where the struggle came in. And that's what's really disappointing. I, I, I have no words. Shanice, you're aware of the um, the initiative called SAFE uh, by, that was uh, that was launched by President Cyril Ramaphosa at the end of 2018. Uh, this was a project to tackle the problem of pit toilets at schools. And then the uh, I think it was the National Lottery that stepped in to give something like 20 million rands. Yeah. In November 2018, the National Lottery approved 20 million rand for two projects to build toilets at schools in Limpopo and the Eastern Cape. Ten schools were to benefit from the 10 million rand Limpopo grant, according to an NLC press release. The money was channeled via a Pretoria-based nonprofit company called ZibC Fusion, what happened to that? I'm hearing stories that uh, that money disappeared into thin air. Yeah, I was also reading that. I mean, we don't have um, actual um, first-hand experience or knowledge um, on this particular instance. And I've also just had sight of some of the, the well, the media reports. Um, and, you know, this is not uncommon, as you are well aware, of money just disappearing or going into people's pockets and money that should be going into fixing um, and it really does speak to the, you know, the monitoring and the, well, I mean, from the start, the procurement processes and the tender processes and then the monitoring and evaluation of, 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 of these and how they are getting done. I think we've seen it. We also saw um, a news report about the, the previous Limpopo MEC who was also accused of, there was allegations against him of having pocketed some money from the Mbula Trust, who was also um, meant to be, you know, out there fixing the, the, the issue of the toilets in the schools. Um, so, yeah, our knowledge is just based on what we've seen in the media reports. And it, 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 it really is just disappointing where this money should be going into fixing the schools and people are pocketing it and it's just disappearing. Shanice Linda Boom, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, once again, thank you very much for the work that you guys at Section 27 are doing for the Komape family. They have nobody. And I know that uh, they appreciate this. And I, as just a South African, I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing, uh, doing this for this family. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aubrey. All right, Shanice Lindeboom. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Uh, Shanice is an attorney at Section 27. They are going to be fighting the good fight for the Komape family. Let's take a break.